Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, where we look at movies, music, comics, and more from the perspective of faith. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Chris Perry, your self-proclaimed pop culture pastor. Today, I have something a little bit different for you because I've been on vacation and because of some uh, family things that have come up, I wasn't able to record a full new episode this week. So what you're going to get this week is an old recording that I did in 2014 at Abilene Christian University's Summit Conference, where I talked about the show Breaking Bad. Uh, at that point, the show had just finished, and you know I still believe that Breaking Bad is one of the greatest shows of the modern era. It's a show, as, as you're going to hear, that deals a lot with morality. What does it mean to, to be good? What are the choices that, that make us bad? And so I think it's still a, a great uh, topic to discuss. I am going to just tell you right now that um, the sound recording quality of it is not so good. My delivery of the material is not quite as good. I didn't have all the experience of being a podcaster that I've had for, you know, a month or two now, <laughs> or more importantly, as a, a preacher for uh, years, as I've done since that time. So you're hearing, you know, an eight-year-old recording of, of me talking about Breaking Bad. So like I said, I think there's still a lot of great points that I'm making here. Obviously, I would do it a little bit differently if I were saying it now. Since this was at a conference, I was recording in front of a group, so it actually starts with applause, which is something I don't usually get on my podcast. I don't know if there's a way for me to get that from you. Uh, and so that also, you know, there's some discussion, although it might be a little hard to hear some parts of it. Like I said, audio quality, not the best. Uh, it's very lightly edited. So enjoy this conversation about Breaking Bad, and hopefully I'll be back with a regular episode next week. Thank you. Wow, this is very exciting. Uh, this doesn't usually happen in my classes, so this is... Alright, um, well, the brochure, if you looked at that and saw my description, which you know I wrote months ago and now I you know, totally would change it, uh, it says, the world has an opinion about what makes someone bad or good. How can we contribute to the discussion? Uh, and you know, this analysis of the popular television series, Breaking Bad, will help us to have a conversation about morality with the world. So as I'm sure you probably all know, uh, Breaking Bad is an Emmy award-winning drama about Walter White, a high school chemistry teacher who's diagnosed with cancer and decides to cook crystal meth to support his family. So we're going to be discussing uh, a show about a murderous meth dealer at Evelyn Christian University's Bible Lectureship. Uh, so I feel like the first thing we should talk about is my theology of pop culture. Uh, how, do we, how do we look at things like this in, in a Christian way? Uh, because obviously Christ, uh, Breaking Bad is not a Christian show, uh, but it does want to have a conversation about morality. Uh, and so one of the ways that I look at pop culture, TV, movies, music, uh, is this is a way that we can be in the world but not of the world. Uh, it's a way we can kind of look at this is what the world is saying about various issues uh, and, and connect with them in, in that. Uh, but we're not participating. You know, you don't actually have to go and cook crystal meth to, to experience that, which I do not recommend. 
Uh, it's, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 that we try and take every thought captive. And so we're kind of looking at the show and, and trying to find ways that we can find the good thoughts in there, uh, things that we can discuss, take that captive and think about what that looks like with the gospel. Really the question we want to ask with any program is, does it have something to say uh, which can be informed by or challenged by the gospel? Now, for some people, subject matter is going to be a dividing line, and, and that's, that's perfectly okay. Uh, if something offends you, then it offends you, and I don't want to you know, hurt anyone's conscience. Uh, but whatever, if you do decide to, to engage in these kind of things, it's important that we watch through the lens of faith. Uh, we have to watch critically as active observers, not passive observers. Uh, really, I think assuming that a show or, or music has no effect on you uh, is the biggest danger. Uh, and this is important even if the content doesn't seem objectionable. Uh, and content may still be an issue if it's an area of temptation or weakness for you. And it depends on the maturity of the viewer. Uh, so there are still things that we probably should avoid. Uh, and I think that's primarily things that have nothing to say. But our purpose this morning is to try and answer these questions. What is the worldview of Breaking Bad? Where does it connect with worldviews we find in Scripture? And where is it challenged by the Gospel? Uh, and I also want to say up front, uh, this is the spoiler warning. If you haven't seen all of, all of the series, uh, we're going to be talking about it as a whole, including how it ends. So, um, you know, I'm assuming you've seen it or you don't mind it being spoiled. Uh, it will be recorded. Uh, so if you want to listen to it later, uh, this is kind of your, your last chance. Alright, well there's so much we could talk about, but I chose to focus on three areas today. Uh, first is choices and consequences, followed by reflection and confession, and finally justice and redemption. So we'll start with choices and consequences. So one of the big questions of this show is, what makes a person bad? Is it a question of nature or nurture, or is it something else? Now, a lot of other cable dramas, kind of anti-hero shows, uh, a lot of the characters are somewhat victims of their circumstances. Uh, on Mad Men, uh, the early 1960s setting, excuses or at least explains the sexism, the racism, etc., um, by the way, I've never been able to get into Mad Men, so if somebody's a big fan, maybe you can explain to me why it's so great. Uh, you know, other shows, uh, Dexter Morgan is a sociopath, so he can't seem to help being a serial killer. The Walking Dead asks how we can be, still be human during a zombie apocalypse. You know, questions of how morality survives when society is destroyed. Game of Thrones is about politics in this medieval-style fictional world. So their questions about how to gain power or just survive don't really connect with our experience directly. Walter White, however, lives in our world, in our time. He could really be you or me. His motivating event, a cancer diagnosis, could affect any of us. And he is insistently an agent of free will, seemingly in control of his own fate. And this question, what makes someone bad, is essentially asked in the pilot. Jesse Pinkman, Walt's former high school chemistry student and potential meth cooking partner, comes up to ask Walt why he's doing this. And he says, some straight like you, he's just going to break bad? 
Uh, Breaking Bad is actually a southern expression for, for going wild or defying authority. And so he's asking, you know, you really think you can just become a bad person? And that uh, let me to find a quote uh, from an author named Chuck Klosterman. He's a pop culture writer. Uh, here's what he had to say in an article called Bad Decisions. What Jesse was arguing is that someone can't decide to morph from a good person to a bad person because there's a firewall within our personalities that makes this impossible. He was arguing that Walt's nature would stop him from being bad and that Walter would fail if he tried to complete this conversion. But Jesse was wrong. He was wrong because goodness and badness are simply complicated choices, no different from anything else. So what this is saying is that Walt is not... He's not a product of his environment or his upbringing. Walt is bad because he chose to be bad. So in what ways does this emphasis on choice connect with with Scripture? I think this is best expressed in the book of Deuteronomy. This is its perspective. And we see this most clearly in chapter 30. So in Deuteronomy, Moses has spent several chapters laying out the blessings and curses for following the law or not following the law. And he tells the Israelites that these commandments are not too hard, they're not too far away. He's really saying, you know, this is something you can do. And then he concludes with these verses uh, in 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and holding fast to Him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. So Moses also is emphasizing that we have a choice in how we're going to live. It's not the only biblical perspective on choice or about free will. Uh, If we had a lot of time, we could get into different perspectives that we find in Scripture. But it is a major one, especially in the Old Testament. So this uh, makes me want to think about why does Walt make the choices that he makes? Why is it so important for him to be able to make his own choices? And so we have a clip here. Uh, Originally this was embedded in the PowerPoint and it was going to be really cool and then it didn't work. So hopefully it works when I go to YouTube. Uh, I do want to warn you there's some language in this clip, uh, but I think this is uh, a good uh, illustration of Walt's perspective. Uh, this comes from uh, Season 4, Episode 8, uh, for those that are listening later. Uh, Walt, whose cancer is in remission at this point, has gone in for a routine scan, and there's another man in there, uh, and he starts a conversation with Walt about how cancer has affected his life. We're going to discuss this afterwards, so be thinking about what this says about about Walt. Anyway, so so for me, that's been the biggest wake-up call. Letting go, giving up control. It's like they say, you know, man plans and God laughs. That is such bullshit. Excuse me? Never give up control. Live life on your own terms. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But uh, cancer's cancer, so... What the hell with your cancer? I've been living with cancer for the better part of a year. Right from the start, it's a death sentence. That's what they keep telling me. Well, guess what? Every life comes with a death sentence. 
So every few months I come in here for my regular scan, knowing full well that one of these times, hell, maybe even today, I'm gonna hear some bad news. But until then, who's in charge? Me. That's how I live my life. All right, so what did you hear in that clip about Walt's worldview? What is important to him? His free will. His free will, okay. Other thoughts? Why do you think free will is so important to Walt? Uh, what made him emphasize that? Because it gives him the power to choose to fight. Okay. Yeah, and there is, you know, maybe a potential upside to that view. You know, if you have cancer, you don't want to just give up, and that's, that's sort of what he's saying. Obviously, Walt takes that in a different direction. Uh, than, than I think most people would think is appropriate. He's lived most of his life feeling like a victim. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. In the next section, we're going to talk about how Walt sees himself, and I think that's that's a that's is a good insight. I think one of the things we see is that death, your view of death, influences how you live. Uh, Walt sees that death might be coming at any point. You know, maybe today I'm going to find out that I'm dying again. And so he's living according to that. But what's interesting is that Walt insists on making his own choices, but he never accepts the consequences of those choices. You know, for example, the show rarely shows us the, the consequences uh, and the effects of the drug that it's centered on, this, the crystal meth trade. Uh, there's actually a really good documentary on Netflix. Uh, I'm assuming if you've all watched Breaking Bad, you probably watched it on Netflix. Uh, it's called The uh, World's Most Dangerous Drug. And it, it talks about meth and what it does to people, uh, the addiction, uh, how much it messes up their life. And, and that's something we really don't even see in the show. Walt is not engaged in that aspect of what he's doing at all. And Walt also doesn't seem to believe in any post-mortem consequences. That death is final, it's the end of all consequences. There's, in his mind, I don't think there's any heaven or hell. There's one point early on when he learns his cancer is in remission, and he just he doesn't know how to take it. He I think he punches a, a paper towel dispenser because he kind of thought that he was about to die and he wouldn't have to live with all this stuff that he did. So he moves from one bad choice to another, each time thinking that there won't be negative consequences next time. You know, every time that Walt says, "No one dies now," someone usually dies by the end of that episode. And so, you know, this emphasis on consequences, I think, is really important to the show. And we see that in a quote from Vince Gilligan, the, the creator of the series. He said, if there's a larger lesson to Breaking Bad, it's that actions have consequences. I feel some sort of need for biblical atonement or justice or something. I like to believe there's some comeuppance, that karma kicks in at some point, even if it takes years or decades to happen. My girlfriend says this great thing that's become my philosophy as well. I want to believe there's a heaven, but I can't not believe there's a hell. So that's a really interesting perspective. The idea that there needs to be some punishment. There needs to be some karma. Obviously this is not what Walt believes, but this is what the creator of the show believes. And so it's always going to work out that there's going to be consequences in his life um, based on the choices that he makes. Deuteronomy, uh, the book we looked at earlier, also emphasizes the consequences that come from one's choices. Uh, you know, they do, he spends this whole 
several chapters laying out these blessings and curses, these things that are going to happen uh, if you don't make the right choice. And that perspective plays out through much of the Old Testament, especially in the historical books. There's this idea that if you choose to follow God, things are going to work out well. If you choose a different path, uh, things aren't going to work out too well. You're going to have, uh, you have to, but you have to know the consequences if you're going to make the right choice. And I think that's part of Walt's problem is that he can't think about the consequences uh, in in a really honest way, and so he continues to make bad choices. Um, and so that kind of leads into our next topic of why Walt does make bad choices. And this has to deal with reflection and confession. Walt makes bad choices because he is unwilling to reflect on his own mistakes and to see how bad consequences come from his bad choices. As you said, he's always the victim. His plans fail because other people mess them up. And death is always just collateral damage. It's not something he meant to do, but it's something he's forced into. Unknowingly, it's by his own decisions, though. He often says, I had no choice, when choice is what he always wants. Self-reflection is the ability to see yourself clearly and honestly. And also, at least in the, from the Christian perspective, to see where God is present or not in your own life. So how does Walt see himself? In, uh, in season 5, he tells Jesse that he was a founding member of a company called Gray Matter. Um, well, I'm jumping ahead. Uh, you know, it's often assumed that he creates or turns into this new persona of Heisenberg uh, to go along with his new illegal activity. But in truth, he's always felt like he deserves to be in the empire business. Uh, there's a quote that's attributed to John Steinbeck. It says, Americans see themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And I think that definitely fits Walt. Uh, so like I said, in season five, he's having this conversation with Jesse about a company that he helped found and how he sold his shares in that company for $5,000 for what is now a billion-dollar company. I think that event really shaped who Walt is and how he sees himself. In his distorted self-image, the world owes him. And this excuses the horrible steps that he takes to get what is rightfully his. Now, so far we focused on Mr. White, but we also need to discuss the second major character in Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman. Now, up to this point, we focused on actions and choices, and if you look at the actions, Jesse is just as bad as Walt, and in some ways, he's worse. Uh, he's also a drug dealer. He's actually a drug user. He's a thief. He's even a killer. And so, even though actions and choices are an important part of Breaking Bad's view of morality, why does it seem like Jesse is different? We're going to see a clip, and then we're going to talk about uh, why we seem more sympathetic to Jesse. You either run from things, or you face them, Mr. White. What exactly does that mean? I learned it in rehab. It's all about accepting who you really are. I accept who I am. And who are you? I'm the bad guy. So why are we more sympathetic to Jesse? Or is that the case? Jesse always seemed remorseful. Like he really hated, I mean, when he was forced to kill somebody, that tore him up. And, mm-hmm. and Walt would do bad things, and it, it just like, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, Jesse just always seemed like it was really breaking him up inside. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse seems affected by the things they do, and Walt 
does everything he can to avoid being affected by it. Yeah, Jesse just cries so well. <laughs> he care. No. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Paul does an excellent job of, of being sad <laughs> throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, this, this scene uh, was right after the death of Jesse's girlfriend, Jane, uh, from an overdose, which, you know, Walt actually was present for. He stood by and, and let it happen. And that inadvertently caused a plane crash and 167 people died. And so I think it's interesting to see their different reactions to that event. Uh, Jesse is willing to say, you know, this is my fault and I'm the bad guy here. Um, I'm accepting who I am. When in reality, he's not uh, the person that's most at fault. In that same episode, uh, Wald is talking to Gus Fring, uh, the local drug kingpin, his potential new distributor. And Wald says, you know, he's, he's refusing an offer to, to cook for him some more. And he says, I'm not a criminal. So Wald, you know, he believes in his ability to act freely. That, that's the most important thing for him to be in control. And yet he doesn't consider those actions and their consequences and, and what is done to him when he's defining himself, how he views himself. So I think for us, this highlights the importance of the spiritual practice of self-evaluation. One of the best-known examples is Ignatius of Loyola's Prayer of Examine. This practice goes deeper than just knowing yourself. It's about knowing how God is working in and through your life, or not. I have a quote here from a Christian author named Ruth Haley Barton from a book called Sacred Rhythms. She says, the real issue in self-examination is not that I am inviting God to know me, since he already does, but that I am inviting God to help me know me. It's not just about looking at your faults, where you fall short. There should be some recognition of, of God's presence. It's not just sitting and moping around and feeling bad about yourself. You know, part of the reason that self-examination is often left undone is because it's difficult And so another quote from Richard Rohr. Many avoid the path of self-knowledge because they are afraid of being swallowed up in their own abysses. Does that sound like Walt? He goes on. The Christians have confidence that Christ has lived through the abysses of human life and He goes with us when we dare to engage in sincere confrontation with ourselves. So it's not easy, but we have the benefit of knowing that Christ has gone through these things and that Christ will not shy away from the dark places in our life. And really the end goal of self-reflection is confession. You know, ironically, there's an episode of the series entitled Confessions, uh, but it's actually all about Walt lying. Uh, He's literally bearing false witness about his involvement in the meth trade uh, when he makes that video about Hank. Jesse, however, he's more aware of his sins, but he tends to just wallow in guilt rather than confessing. He has no way to release this remorse that he, that he feels inside. And this reminds me of, uh, of a psalm. Psalm 32 emphasizes the importance of confession. And it also talks about the negative effects of keeping it in. So this is verses 3 through 5. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for night and day your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Again, uh, this to me sounds like Jesse through much of the series. The psalmist goes on, Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is something that I think the characters in Breaking Bad lack, an ability to move beyond uh, the bad that they've done. Uh, Jesse, I think, is closer to, to what uh, we want to do, that we do think about uh, what we've done, the, the consequences that it has for us and our soul. But he doesn't go far enough to the point of confession. Uh, and so I think this needs to be a part of all of our lives as well. Uh, I don't know what things you've done. I'm assuming it's not as bad as what goes on in, in Breaking Bad. But these things can eat up us as well. And if we don't have a way to, to express them, to give them up to God, uh, we're going to be eaten up and left in a dark place as well. So the character's willingness to reflect and confess affects our expectation of what should happen to them in the end. So that moves into our final section, justice and redemption. All right, so another discussion question. When did Walt reach a turning point in your mind uh, over the course of the series? Is there a point where he went from you wanting to turn things around to maybe redeem himself to wanting him to get what he deserves, to get justice? What was the point for you? What was one of the things that he did that just that crossed that line? When he let Jane die. Okay. End of season two, he lets Jane die. So I remember there, the writers discussed that. I saw an interview, and they tried to figure out, okay, what should we do here? At one point, they were going to have Walt actually give her an overdose of drugs. And they thought, well, that's too much at this point. And so, yeah, they found, they found kind of the sweet spot of he's going to be there, he's going to let her die. And, and that, yeah, that's definitely a, a bigger step on that path. All right? Other events that really you thought crossed the line? When he poisons the child. Okay. Yeah, end of season four, I believe it was, uh, he poisons Brock. And just in order to get Jesse on his side. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty awful. Uh, I definitely think by the time you start season five, Walt is in full villain mode after that. Did anyone want Walt to you know, get justice from the beginning? I mean, the very first episode of this series, he starts cooking crystal meth and he kills some people. Uh, now, you know, it's out of self-defense at that point. But, you know, I think at that point, all of us were still on board. I'm assuming if you watched more than one episode. Um, that there was at least part of you that said, well, you know, I want to see where this goes. You know, you're hoping at the end of the episode he's not going to get arrested and thrown in jail. That would be a pretty short series. Um, so I think there is, we all feel this tension, right, that part of us wants there to be redemption for Walt, that we want him to be able to turn things around, um, and kind of make amends for what he did. But there's another part of us that knows there needs to be some justice. Uh, Walt can't get away with this, that he needs to, to pay for what he's done. And one of the big questions I want us to be thinking about is, is there such a thing as being beyond redemption? You can think about whether Walt ever reaches that point, or if that happens with anyone in the, in the world. You know, justice and mercy are both fundamental attributes of who God is. Uh, we see this in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, as well as many other places. And you know, those two things, in some ways, uh, are paradoxical, justice and mercy. But both are necessary and both are good. I think Breaking Bad can help us to see the difference between them, especially when we think about 
the difference between a perversion of justice and mercy. Because mercy is not the perversion of justice, even if it does sometimes seem to go against what justice would call for. You know, when we think about what Walter White deserves in the end, um, you know, we see this played out in the second half of the final season. Walt has finally stopped cooking meth. He's made more money than he can ever spend. And Walter's brother-in-law, Hank, has figured out that Walt is this drug pen he's been looking for uh, over the last year. And when he's confronted, Walt tells Hank that there's no point in trying to prosecute him. You know, his cancer is back. He's probably going to die soon. He says, why tear this family apart? It's just not right. Which Hank says is not going to happen. You know, Hank, even though he's not perfect, he, he has his slip-ups, I think he's the show's best, best representation of justice. You know, he's usually right, and he's relentless in his pursuit of, of those who are unjust, who do wrong. And so, it's not, it shows us that it's not mercy to ignore evil, to let him get away with it, to ignore sin. You know, there may be negative consequences that have to be faced, but those are not caused by justice. They're caused by the sinful choices. And so when Walt said it wouldn't be right to prosecute me for the sake of my family, he's wrong. It is right, it is just to not let him get away with it. It's good to desire justice. It's a sign that God is in control. It's what is right. So the question is, what did Walt deserve? You know, there must be justice, but is there also a place for redemption or mercy? And so, uh, I just want to take a quick poll. Uh, we're going to talk now a little bit about the finale. Well, I think there are two ways of reading the end of the series. Uh, one is that Walt wins, and the other is that Walt is redeemed. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying this, the, the last episode wasn't good. It's obviously a very well-made episode, and it did a very good job of tying things up. There are lots of series that end with very bad finales that don't wrap things up in a good way. Um, and you can definitely say they, they wrapped it up well. But I want us to figure out uh, what, what's the best way to interpret the ending of this series. One way to read it is that, that Walt wins. And if this is what happens, then I think the finale should be somewhat unsatisfying. Uh, and this was kind of my initial reaction. Because it goes against the stated goal of the show, right? Uh, we, we saw that quote earlier from Vince Gilligan that actions have to have consequences and he has to believe in a hell. And... So the idea is that Walt deserves to be in that hell, whatever it looks like in his mind. But you know, if, if we're reading this as Walt winning, then Walt got to die in his terms. He got to be in control at the end. You know, he got to kill his enemies. He got to give his family his drug money, which is what he always wanted from the start of the series. Uh, and there are actually a lot of critics that, that kind of took this position that felt like team that Walt got to win. Uh, so here's one example. Uh, and she's talking about the end of Ozymandias, which is the, the third to last episode. That's the one where uh, really everything falls apart for Walt. Uh, and so this writer says, Had he died then at the end of Ozymandias, he would have passed away a devastated, bested, robbed megalomaniac, and his death would have been exactly what he deserved. So this, on this interpretation, you know, that's... Walt well, should have deserved, uh, he deserved to die uh, with losing everything. You know, separated from his family, doesn't have his money, he doesn't have his empire. Uh, if the idea of the show is that actions have consequences and Walt was choosing bad things, this should be where he ends up. 
And you do get that for an episode where he's just kind of stuck in this cabin and everything is falling apart. And actually, it's interesting. Some people read the series as that actually is where it ends and the final episode is just kind of like Walt's ideal that he died frozen out in the in this car that he starts uh, the final episode in. I don't, I don't think that's what actually happened, but I think that's an interesting way to read it. But I think much of the interpretation of the final episode rests on what you do with the following scene. Uh, so this is Walt. He's, he's back in town and he's come uh, and he's having a final conversation with his wife, Skylar. Skylar. All the things that I did you need to understand. I have to hear one more time that you did this for the family. I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. So what do you think about that scene? What would you call that? Is that Walt's confession? Is there a change? What do you think is going on there? Okay, so there is some taking of responsibility. Okay, yeah, I think there's definitely some self-awareness, there's been some self-reflection. Uh, you know, he spent months alone in a cabin with, with nothing to do. Uh, and so maybe over that time he has been able to reflect on what he's done and, and started to see himself in a different way. Could just be more manipulation. Yeah? Trying to make her not feel guilty about what he's going to give her. Okay, yeah, that, Walt is always manipulating. And again, some people read the final episode as Walt just kind of Still being in control and still getting what he wants. He doesn't. It's always been about the cancer and him trying to feed the cancer. He felt alive hmm. while he was doing all this. And in that sense, he beat the cancer because he felt alive by being Heisenberg. Okay. So feeling alive is is what he emphasizes, which you know that's that's not the best thing. Uh, he's not. He doesn't actually say I'm sorry. Yeah for all of this. Uh, he's just no longer lying about why, he's, why he did what he did. So I do think it's a change, um, and you could maybe call it a confession, but maybe not. Um, but I do think this is a change in his, his character, the way that he sees himself. And so you know, one of the reasons we can see this as a change is if everything he did before was for him, it is possible to read the finale as him doing things for other people, trying to make amends. So here's another quote from a book called The Gospel According to Breaking Bad. This is by a, a Christian author looking at, at the series and trying to, to think about the same things we're thinking about today. It says, Walter does indeed pay the highest price for his sins, death. I told you they're going to be spoilers. Uh, but instead of karma leaving Walter frozen in a Volvo, grace allows him to essentially make amends with those he's hurt the most. Uh, Blake Atwood, the, the writer, was also initially 
uh, kind of unsatisfied with the finale, but he came around and he describes in the book how part of his um, lack of satisfaction uh, was because he wanted justice for Walt. He wanted him to get what he deserved. He wanted him to pay. Uh, and so the idea that he could be somehow redeemed um, was a challenge. And I think that teaches us something about grace, that it is always unexpected. It's something that nobody deserves, and you know, it, it can be hard for us to see other people get that redemption sometimes. Um, and it shows us that even Walt is not beyond redemption if you're able to call what he does in the final episode that. You know, I think one of the reasons we could read the final episode as him not winning is that, you know, he looks like he's already defeated. Uh, throughout the whole episode, people are always commenting on how bad he looks. Uh, and so this is a man who's already lost everything, and he's just trying to take his last, last days to make amends to the people he cares about. You know, I personally have some problems with the fact that he was able to give the money to his family, even though they won't ever know that it came from him, uh, the fact that he got the one thing he wanted the most uh, is is a bit unsatisfying. Uh, I also have some problems with the idea of redemptive violence, the fact that uh, he gets redemption by killing a bunch of people. I, I don't think that connects very well with, with the gospel story. But I also think that we all wanted Hank to have a proper burial, uh, for his family not to be threatened by these neo-Nazis, and especially, uh, I think, for Jesse to escape the, the slavery that he was in, for him to have some sort of freedom. But like I said, I think one of the things we see from the ending is that deciding what people deserve is dangerous territory. That goes against Jesus' command not to judge. Now, this doesn't mean that there's not a place for justice and punishment, but only God knows what people truly deserve. And God will decide. I think we can praise God that we don't get what we deserve because God has been merciful and redeemed us. And God didn't get redemption by killing a bunch of people with a machine gun. God earned redemption on the cross by true self-sacrifice. And so if we can reflect on the consequences of our actions, if we can confess our sins, if we give up control, and if we choose life, God will show us the mercy that we don't deserve. Hello again, everyone. This is Modern Day Chris coming back in. I hope you appreciated that conversation. I'm going to close out with our normal way that we finish, which is our pop culture consolations and desolations, where we look at something that's giving life and maybe something that's not giving life in pop culture today. So I don't actually have any desolations right now that I can think of. But I did want to focus on my consolation for this week. My recommendation is a new song by the band called The 1975. The name of the song is Part of the Band. So The 1975 is a British pop rock band. They're one of my current favorite bands. They just announced that their fifth album is going to be coming out later this year. And so this is a song that's going to be on that album. Let's hear a little bit of it. i
Some vaccinees, the toe-bag chic baristas Sydney's on the communist keistas so what I like about this song is that it's kind of big and small at the same time, right? It seems intimate and then it seems grand. It has all these strings and, you know, this kind of chamber pop production. It's an interesting song. There's not really even a chorus, but I've just been listening to it all the time and I'm, I'm really excited for them to come back. Like I said, these are one, it's one of my favorite bands. Uh, their album from a few years ago, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships, was my album of the year for 2018. So... I'm excited to see what they do. I'll probably talk more about them on a future podcast. Now, as we close the show, as always, I need to make an important plea. You know, we talk in this show a lot about morality, about what makes someone good, and about the importance of our choices. And so you have a choice right now. You can choose to break bad, to listen to the show, and then move on. Or you can choose life. You can choose to give life to someone else by sharing this podcast with them, by putting it on your social media, by giving us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. So choose what is good. Do what is good. It's not too late. Do it today. Well, as always, I want to thank you for being with us today. Our show is written and produced and edited by me. Our theme song is Be Thou My Vision from the 8-Bit Hymnal by Mr. Tyler Larson. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Pop Culture Pastor for more content. You are now dismissed. Go in peace. <laughs>